Before we begin this week's story, I want to take a quick moment to introduce our brand new theme music, written especially for the Netherwords podcast by composer Edwin Wendler. You can visit his website at www.edwinwendler.com. I hope you enjoy. Netherwords. Read for you by Charles Logan. Two-handed engine by Henry Cutner and C. L. Moore. Part one. Ever since the days of Orestes, there have been men with furies following them. It wasn't until the twenty-second century that mankind made itself a set of real furies, out of steel. Mankind had reached a crisis by then. They had a good reason for building man-shaped furies that would dog the footsteps of all men who kill men. Nobody else. There was by then no other crime of any importance. It worked very simply, without warning. A man who thought himself safe would suddenly hear the steady footfalls behind him. He would turn and see the two-handed engine walking towards him, shaped like a man of steel and more incorruptible than any man not made of steel could be. Only then would the murderer know he had been tried and condemned by the omniscient electronic minds. That knew society as no human mind could ever know it. For the rest of his days, the man would hear those footsteps behind him—a moving jail, with invisible bars that shut him off from the world. Never in life would he be alone again. And one day, he never knew when, the jailer would turn executioner. Danner leaned back comfortably in his contoured restaurant chair, and rolled expensive wine across his tongue, closing his eyes to enjoy the taste of it better. He felt perfectly safe, oh, perfectly protected. For nearly an hour now, he had been sitting here, ordering the most expensive food, enjoying the music breathing softly through the air. The murmurous, well-bred hush of his fellow diners. It was a good place to be. It was very good having so much money. Now, true, he had had to kill to get the money, but no guilt troubled him. There was no guilt if you aren't found out, and Danner had protection. Protection straight from the source. Which was something new in the world. Danner knew the consequences of killing. If Hartz hadn't satisfied him that he was perfectly safe, Danner would never have pulled the trigger. The memory of an archaic word flickered through his mind briefly: sin. It evoked nothing. Once it had something to do with guilt, in an incomprehensible way. Not any more. 
Mankind had been through too much. Sin was meaningless now. He dismissed the thought and tried the heart of palms salad. He found he didn't like it. Oh, well, you had to expect things like that. Nothing was perfect. He sipped the wine again, liking the way the glass seemed to vibrate like something faintly alive in his hand. It was good wine. He thought of ordering more. But then he thought, no, save it. Next time. There was so much before him, waiting to be enjoyed. Any risk was worth it. And of course, in this, there had been no risk. Danner was a man born at the wrong time. He was old enough to remember the last days of utopia, young enough to be trapped in the new scarcity economy the machines had clamped down on their makers. In his early youth, he'd had access to free luxuries, like everybody else. He could remember the old days when he was an adolescent and the last of the escape machines were still operating. The glamorous, bright, impossible, vicarious visions that really didn't exist and never could have. But then, the scarcity economy swallowed up pleasure. Now you got necessities, but no more. Now you had to work. Danner hated every minute of it. When the swift change came, he'd been too young and unskilled to compete in the scramble. The rich men today were the men who had built fortunes on cornering the few luxuries the machines still produced. All Danner had left were bright memories and a dull, resentful feeling of having been cheated. All he wanted were the bright days back, and he didn't care how he got them. Well, now he had them. He touched the rim of the wine glass with his finger, feeling it sing silently against his touch. Blown glass, he wondered. He was too ignorant of luxury items to understand. But he'd learn. He had the rest of his life to learn in and be happy. He looked up across the restaurant and saw through the transparent dome of the roof the melting towers of the city. They made a stone forest as far as he could see. And this was only one city. When he was tired of it, there were more. Across the country, across the planet, the network lay that linked city with city in a webwork like a vast, intricate, half-alive monster. Call it... society. He felt it tremble a little beneath him. He reached for the wine and drank quickly. The faint uneasiness that seemed to shiver the foundations of the city was something new. It was because... Yes, certainly it was because of a new fear. It was because he had not been found out. That made no sense. Of course the city was complex. Of course it operated on a basis of incorruptible machines. They and only they kept man from becoming very quickly another extinct animal. And of these, the analog computers, the electronic calculators, were the gyroscope of all living. They made and enforced the laws that were necessary now to keep mankind alive. Danner didn't understand much of the vast changes that had swept over society in his lifetime, 
but this much even he knew. So perhaps it made sense that he felt society shiver because he sat here luxurious on foam rubber, sipping wine, hearing soft music, and no fury standing behind his chair to prove that the calculators were still guardians for mankind. If not even the furies are incorruptible, what can a man believe in? It was at that exact moment that the fury arrived. Mm-hmm.